The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search the whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Thursday, June 10th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you as we get ready for Game 6 of the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights having the chance to eliminate Colorado and advance to the Stanley Cup semifinals to face the Montreal Canadiens. And it's the only series we have left still standing uh, in the uh, second round of the playoffs because last night, and that's where we'll, be, we'll begin today's show, We'll begin with recapping a New York Islanders series victory uh, over the Boston Bruins. And when you look back at last night's game, we're going to focus on last night's game in particular. This playoffs, these playoffs in so many series, we can talk about it a little bit with Colorado Vegas, especially the last game there. We can talk about it with both Islanders outcomes, the Pittsburgh series, which they won in the first round. This Boston Bruins series, which they have won here uh, in the second round. We can talk about so many series where when you look at things like some advanced numbers, like expected goals margin, high danger chances, you look at those numbers and those metrics, both at five on five and even strength, you could point to Pittsburgh being better than the Islanders in those categories in that series and you could point to the Boston Bruins being better than the New York Islanders in that category in a bunch of games in this series. Not so much last night. Last night it was pretty much even, although there was still a little bit of an edge slightly toward Boston uh, in some of the other categories. Expected goals was a slight edge to the Islanders, but they said it was a pretty much even game. Boston, you know, that this should have been right in that game. But what we're seeing here is there's this, you know, there's this lack of congruity, you could say between the expected goals results and what's actually happening on the ice. And what we're seeing in these playoffs, Alex, more than anything, is yeah, you could be carrying the play. Yeah, you could be carrying the flow. Yeah, you may be getting a few better chances than your opponent. 
But at the end of the day, you have to be steady. You have to be sound defensively. You can't make egregious turnovers with the puck in the neutral zone, in your defensive zone, in these key areas of the ice that can be turned into dangerous scoring chances for the opponent and ultimately the chance for goals. And that's where the Boston Bruins got into trouble last night. Is simple and, and obviously not having the goaltending that the opponent has. And I think we saw that last night as well from Tuka Rask, which we'll get into his situation in a bit, which is even more stunning to me what transpired with Boston's goaltending last night and how Bruce Cassidy managed that. And I think kind of mismanaged it, if you ask me, uh, a little bit last night. But we'll start with the fact that, look, the Bruins had great energy. They had good chances. They had a 1-1 tie after the first period. They had opportunities to turn that game in their favor. And unfortunately, horrendous turnovers, horrendous miscues with the puck resulted in Islander goals, things that cannot happen when you're facing elimination. As simple as that. And we really saw the effect of no Brandon Carlo and no Kevin Miller on the blue line the longer this series went uh, against the New York Islanders. Let's be honest. There are two of the better defensemen, specifically at the defensive end, for this Boston Bruins team, and both of them were out down the stretch of this series. Jimmy Murphy was not with us today, but he said it a million times. You know, Brandon Carlo is one of the arguably the best defensive defensemen on this team, and Kevin Miller's one of the better ones as well because he's just a guy that's in the right position, will flatten someone in front of the net. He'll clear the front of the net, unlike, you know, Car- Cl- Connor Clifton and some of the guys that uh, Jimmy was talking about yesterday. They miss those guys defensively, and they make better plays with the puck they're a little bit more steady with their hands when the puck is on their stick than some of these other Bruin defensemen and the the turnovers that they committed last night resulting in the Islander goals were horrendous and essentially cost them that game and cost them that series and today you feel for Matt Grizzlick who was really the main culprit for uh, the turnovers last night we're talking about a guy that was a very good defenseman this season for the Bruins very steady very dependable he just unfortunately, and he, and look, he's had a solid season, but nobody's going to want to hear about that today in Boston. They are going to focus, he's, and unfortunately, he set himself up for a lot of negative criticism today from Bruin fans. They know that it was, uh, unfortunately for him, you know, uh, uh, just an absolutely horrendous time to play probably your worst game of the season. And that's what happened, unfortunately, to Matt Grizzlick. Two, two turnovers specifically by Matt Grizzlick led to Islander goals. Uh, last night uh, in that game just uh, such an unfortunate development for him because he's had a solid year and earlier in the year when he was injured the Bruins missed him and they struggled without him he came back they got uh, better in that at that time but last night was not his night I mean it was just the turnover in the neutral zone that led to one goal another uh, bad play with the puck in front of the net as well led to the other Islander goal it was just a really tough night uh, for Matt Grizzlick. And unfortunately, he's going to have to live with it and he's going to have to hear about it today. Um, and then, of course, we have to talk about the goaltending situation. And I saw this, uh, Alex, at the pregame. The, the pregame skate hockey night in Canada's coverage of the game showed Tuca coming onto the ice, taking a few shots and warm up. He looked like he was not moving right from that moment. He looked like there was something bothering him uh, and there was definitely a, a guy that was less than 100%. And yet, in a game six with the season on the line, Still, somehow, the Bruin coaching staff thought, you know what? He's still well enough health-wise. We're putting him in there. 
uh, in this game. And the more you see that game progress and some of those Islander goals that went in, Alex, he's looking like he's having trouble moving post to post. That mobility and that agility of Tuka Rask is hampered by whatever injury he's been dealing with that is, looks like it's going to uh, require surgery uh, in the offseason for Tuka Rask. And the fact that when that game got to 3-1, to one, when it did, hell, even 4-1, to one, you know, there was no change. Like, I get Jeremy Swayman's a rookie, but you've got a compromised goalie in the net, and it's 3-1, to 4-1. to one. The, the season is slipping away from you. Tuka Rask clearly is not moving well in the net. How on earth did you not make a goalie switch in that spot? I couldn't believe it. And, and it was almost like a defeatist attitude or, you know what, what whatever. We're down 3-1. We're down 4-1. The season's slipping away. Who the hell cares? We're going to just sink or swim behind this ailing veteran goalie who's clearly not 100% health-wise. It was stunning to me. Couldn't believe it when I saw it that he was, you know, they finished the game essentially with two Rask in net when it was clearly not his night. He was certainly uh, betrayed by some plays defensively in front of him. But on some of those goals, the rebound goal that was scored, too, in the first period, that's just slow reaction and slow movement in your goal crease caused by being less than 100% in terms of your health. That's exactly why he was slow moving. Maybe if there's a goalie there that's in net like Swayman, maybe he's got a better chance to corral that rebound, get in front of that puck and stop it rather than you know be slow to react to the rebound. And, and you know the puck is past you before you move quickly enough. Those kind of things really hurt Rask last night. And the fact that the game was slipping away, you know, they needed a change of momentum. Forget how you think he's playing. Forget if you think he's healthy or not. How about just for a change in momentum in the game, you know, with your season on the line to just change the goalie at that time to try to spark the team and wake them up? We didn't see that either. Not even for that reason did Bruce Cassidy uh, change the goalie or, or make a goalie change. So that was really, really shocking to me. It's almost like the Bruins were kind of resigned to their fate last night in that game and in that series, but full marks to the Islanders and full marks to Lou Lamorello. How many years has he been in, in the league now? Alex is a GM decades now. And what does he do going back to New Jersey, build teams that are playoff teams, playoff rosters, four lines that have a little bit of depth sprinkled through all four lines, defensemen that are good in their own zone, sturdy, steady. Don't turn the puck over, make good plays with the puck, a responsible body position, stick position. They get solid enough goaltending. I still remember New Jersey Devils teams when Lou Lamorello was there. You know, what one of their best lines was, it wasn't their big scoring lines necessarily, you know, with, uh, you know, Patrick Eliash back in the in those days. And it wasn't necessarily the top scoring line that was their best line at playoff time. It was the Jay Pandolfos of the world. It was the Bobby Holeeks of the world. Those were the guys, the, the third line, the checkers. Those were the guys that were playoff performers. They showed up, they shut down the other team. And the Islanders have guys like that on this team that can do that. They've got enough scoring. They've got the good defense. It's just a Lou Lamorello type of team. His fingerprints are all over this group. It's very similarly constructed to the way he put together the Devils teams of the 90s and in the 2000s that made deep playoff runs. Credit to him. Credit to Sweet Lou. He's still got it, and he's got an Islanders team that for the second straight year will advance to the Stanley Cup semifinals and take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to avenge last year's defeat uh, in the semifinal round. 
Uh, Alex, uh, what were your thoughts last night as the Islanders dispatched the Bruins? Well, like I said, I mean, the biggest you know uh, storyline of this whole series had been the goaltending, of course, uh, and the fact that, like I said, with Rask didn't look good in you know warmups, didn't look like he was a hundred percent, and the fact that, like I said, once the game's down three to one, even if he's healthy enough, just for momentum's sake, take him out and put Swayman in the same way you did in the game before. Uh, try to get things rallied your way. Keep in mind, you know, Boston got that last goal. They had chances, uh, you know, very late, uh, you know, in game five to try to tie things up. But you know, the, the defense of the Islanders was, you know, stand up uh, in that sequence and they were able to get that win. But, you know, just not not making any kind of move whatsoever, pretty much hanging out Rast to drive while he's playing through an injury. Uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. It, it, it seemed like that kind of maybe, you know, trickled down and took the air out of the sales of the players as well. Once they realized, all right, now we're down 3-1, 4-1. Even if we get our offense rolling back, you know, can Rask still stay tall? Let's, let's say they cut the lead to, to one late. Can Rask stay tall enough to make saves if this game goes any longer? It, it didn't seem likely. So it's unfortunate for the Bruins season to end that way. I know a lot of people who had, you know, uh, futures tickets on them to win the Cup. Uh, at decent prices, then, but they just ran out of steam against uh, uh, an Islanders team with a defense once again stands tall. They get the offense when they need it, uh, but, but they're still spearheaded defensively. And you said the Barry Trotz system working, uh, you know, to to you know uh, another series victory. So it'll be interesting to see now how they play with their defense rolling and them preparing to face a hot offense uh, with Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that'll be a very interesting series. And I think the Islanders are not going to be a pushover for the Lightning, but obviously. We're not uh, splitting the atom uh, telling you that uh, Tampa Bay can throw a lot more things at the Islanders than the uh, uh, Penguins or the uh, Bruins could, just in terms of depth, the blue line, obviously Vasilevsky in the season he's had. Obviously, we'll break that series down closer to it gets here. But feel bad last night, I do, uh, Alex, for Brad Marchand, who played an incredible game six last night. He was just terrific. He was phenomenal. Uh, and Bergeron was right there with him in terms of playing a really strong game at both ends of the ice. Top guys showed up for Boston. But again, Taylor Hall, Jimmy Murphy's convinced he was playing through some kind of injury, and I agree with him. I think there was definitely an injury for Taylor Hall uh, down the stretch of that series. David Krejci needed to do more. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, such a uh, such a struggle for him and disappointing considering what we've seen. There's been a 20-goal scorer in the league in the past, and they didn't get much from him. They didn't get much from Charlie Coyle. Nick Ritchie who scored a couple goals in the last series against Washington. His offense dried up uh, in this series. Again, the depth forwards for the Bruins were not making an impact offensively uh, in this series. That was a big issue as well for them. And let's, again, give the Islanders credit. Matt Barzell got it to some offense going late in the series. Bovillier was good. Uh, Everly chipped in. Brock Nelson, a huge night for him last night. Uh, great performance by Brock Nelson. The blue line collectively. Adam Pellick, I said this on Twitter, Adam Pellick, and Ryan Pulak for the New York Islanders. Those two defensemen, you have nobody talking about them. Nobody. You know, unless you're a hardcore, die-in-the-wool Islanders fan, you know them inside and out. Nobody in the league talks about these guys. Nobody that covers the league, nobody that follows the league cup talks about Adam Pellick and talks about Ryan Pulak in terms of their ability on the blue line. And they are just so steady, so sound, rock solid as it gets. And they deserve their credit. They deserve their due for that. And young Noah Dobson's only going to get better uh, for the New York Islanders on that blue line, too. Just wait. First round pick uh, of the Islanders, I believe, in 2018. And he's only going to get better from here. So there's lots of things to like with this Islanders blue line. And to put the cherry on the Sunday of adulation for the Islanders here, they did all this without Anders Lee. 
their captain, you know, who is an integral part of the team. We thought, boy, this team's going to be really, really hurting without him. It's a huge loss. And the fact they've been able to overcome that and still get back to the same spot in the postseason that they got to last year, the semifinal round, says a lot about Barry Trotz. It goes back, and Alex, you mentioned it, the coaching of Barry Trotz, significant and can't be can't be stated enough what a job he has done here with the uh, New York Islanders. And if you don't believe that, here's a stat for you. How many playoff series has Barry Trotz won with the New York Islanders? Five now. How many has the team he left, the Washington Capitals, won since he won the Stanley Cup with them a few years ago? Zilch. None. Zero. So you don't think Barry Trotz matters. There's your stat to prove you wrong. Five playoff series wins for Barry Trotz with the Islanders after leaving Washington. Not a sniff of one for the Washington Capitals uh, since Barry Trotz left. So there you go. Uh, Definitely thinking that we're going to see Barry Trotz in the Hall of Fame at some point in his career. No question about that. And he's definitely, and yeah, outcoached Cassidy exactly. Uh, And Bruce is not a slouch when it comes to coaching. Bruce is a good coach. But, you know, he's going up against Barry Trotz. It's hard to win that matchup. It's hard to win that coaching battle. Uh, There is no question about that. Props to the Islanders. Kudos to them as they advance uh, to face the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And we'll get into this more with Jimmy when he's probably going to be back with us tomorrow. Uh, The Bruin autopsy. We'll let him uh, speak on the Bruins end of the season. But he'll say it tomorrow because he said it yesterday with me that there's going to be some tough decisions to make in the offseason for the Boston Bruins. What do you do with David Krejci? What do you do with Tuka Rask? You know, two guys that have been here for a very, very long time. Taylor Hall, there's another decision you have to make. You know, do you, do you entertain the fact of signing him in the offseason? So decisions to be made for the Boston Bruins. It will be a very, very important offseason for them and in terms of shaping the way this team is moving forward. Um, speaking of things shaped being shaped up the way they will be moving forward, uh, how about a little bit on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche? We'll get your get you ready for Game Six. A reminder that tonight the Betcast, our fourth Ice Guys Betcast, comes your way nine o'clock p.m. Eastern Time tonight for Game Six of Colorado Vegas. We will be on the air throughout the entire game on the Betcast, watching the game, live betting, live wagering. Bring your favorite adult beverages along with you as well. DM me, Alex, or the Ice Guys Twitter account if you want to be reserve a spot on the stream and on the BetCast tonight. Uh, make sure you join us and watch Colorado Vegas Game 6 with us tonight on the Ice Guys BetCast starting at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time tonight. This should be a terrific game because it's been a terrific series. We've got Colorado Vegas. We've got Vegas now up to minus 140 now. Uh, as favorites in some spots here on home ice, total five and a half here, uh, shaded to the under just a little bit. I'm having a tough time, you know, backing Colorado tonight. Like this is now two games in a row. Well, first period came in, I should say, in the last game. Thank goodness I took the uh, first period and split it up with the full game uh, because they ended up losing that game. But I have a hard time uh, trusting Colorado here as the series has gone on. And look, the last game, It was dominance for Colorado and all those expected goals, numbers, and high-danger chances and all that stuff. But you know what? You lose the game at the end of the day. None of it matters. And and that's what happened for Colorado. Terrible loss for them in Game 5. There's nothing more to say. They had control of the game. They were up 2-0. They had the start they wanted. An Andre Burakovsky giveaway leads to the 2-1 goal. And the momentum switched right to Vegas from that point on. Marcia so follows up just minutes later. 
ties the game 2-2. And of course, it was a uh, Mark Stone goal in overtime to win it and a very, very uh, unfortunate play by Ryan. Ryan Graves is a good young defenseman, but unfortunately can't let Mark Stone get behind you going down the ice at the other end, and that's what happened. So uh, Vegas with the comeback, 3-2 win. Jared Bednar is going to have to work overtime to get his team ready and pumped up again because that's a tough pill to swallow. That was a tough, tough playoff loss for Colorado the other night. And now backs against the wall again, and it's got to start with the big guns. If I like Colorado tonight, I think I'd rather look from a prop standpoint at McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, and Landeskog. Those have to be the guys, and they have been shut down the last couple of games uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. You need supreme uh, performances from them at both ends of the ice with their season on the line. Uh, The problem is when I see this series going along, Alex, I see Vegas getting more confident, Vegas's poise showing through, and Colorado lacking some poise. The defensemen not quite as good in terms of their puck decisions, puck management decisions. Philip Grubauer's had a great playoffs, good series, but his play has declined ever so slightly the last few games, which can't happen when you're seeing Marc-Andre Fleury just looking out of this world good, you know, at the other end of the ice uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And what worries me here is we've got this Colorado team that has consistently stubbed their toe, Alex, in the second round. It has to be said, this would be the third straight second round exit in the postseason for Colorado if they don't win tonight or in a game seven, if there is one. It'll be the third straight year they lose in the second round. You look at their team experience-wise, you look at Vegas, you know, Pacioretty, Stone, you look at Marcia So, Carlson, Smith, they've been through the wars, they've been to Stanley Cup finals, they've won series, the blue line of Petrangelo, Stanley Cup winner, Alec Martinez, Stanley Cup winner, Braden McNabb is back, he was in the playoffs a bunch of years too with those King teams uh, several years ago. I mean, guys that just, you know, you would think they've got that experience and that pedigree to be able to finish off a series in a spot like this. So it's for me, it's very difficult to step in front of Vegas right now. They've they clearly got momentum, and the momentum that Colorado snatched back in the first two periods of Game 5 the other night, they couldn't sustain it because Vegas got it back, starting with that giveaway that led to their first goal, and they rode the momentum of that right to a comeback win in overtime. So it's all momentum for Vegas, and it's a momentum that I'm not in a rush to go against tonight uh, in this game. I'm not betting the side, at least pregame. This is a live game betting uh, opportunity type of game for me, which is why we got the BetCast tonight. So I'm saving my side bets for this game till the BetCast tonight. As far as the total goes, I do have a small piece of the over five and a half, but a much bigger piece of third period over. You know I'm going there on a playoff elimination game. It did get there last night, the third period over with the Islanders and the Bruins. I believe now 11 and five is what we are looking at with the Stanley Cup playoff elimination game overs uh, in this year's playoffs. Uh, Five Dimes has minus 155. A little bit of a price bump at Five Dimes. It's been minus 140 the last couple days. Five Dimes, it's up to minus 155. uh, Over one and a half in the third period tonight for Colorado Vegas. But I definitely like that bet. Uh, You know what you you could get in a game like this, especially if Colorado's trailing uh, in the third period. A lot of time with the net empty. Extra attacker for an extended period of time. And obviously the chance for multiple goals, either Colorado or Vegas could hit one or two empty netters, you know, just like the uh, New York Islanders did uh, in that game last night against the uh, Boston Bruins. So uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm off the side pregame. I have a small bet over five and a half before the game. And I will have the bigger bet right now over one and a half minus 155 uh, in the third period uh, of this game. 
props. I'm definitely looking at the big guns for Colorado. McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, either to score a point or score a goal. Vegas, I'm looking at Stone and Pacioretty. I think they're the guys that are going to get it done for Vegas if they win tonight. Stone's played better as the series has gone on. Max Pacioretty has always been buzzing and had chances throughout the series. So I think that's where I would be going from a player prop standpoint for game six tonight. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Colorado, Vegas. Yeah, like I said, it's just hard to to look at Colorado now in this spot after uh, the way the last three games have gone, obviously. Now you got Vegas coming back home, and they finally got the monkey off their back last series by winning a series at home. That was a game seven, uh, the easy win, excuse me, for Vegas. So now they've got all the momentum on this side, just like they kind of did with that game game seven going back home in the, in the first round. They should be able to pour it on uh, Colorado early and often. If I would lean uh, with anything, I'm not going to play anything pregame, but the only thing I would be leaning with would be the first period for Vegas, uh, maybe on the puck line. I got lucky as hell to cash it in the game before. We got that with one second left with Colorado uh, in the first. But I think Vegas, if they're going to come out and win this game, we're going to see them score early and often. Uh, so I'm leaning with Vegas first period puck line. But like I said, this is a better game to jump in live. Uh, I'll probably look at some of those goal scoring props too. I like Patch ready to score tonight. Uh, it might dig a little deeper to see what the Avalanche. I think those, some of those secondary players, the Avalanche, are going to have to get on the board for them to try to make it to a game seven. So, uh, like I said, watch the betcast tonight. I'll have a full list of things that I'm looking at. But uh, as far as side and total go, I, I'm staying away from anything pregame. I, I lean with Vegas closing the series out. Yeah, this is a great live betting game, and it's a great game to be doing the betcast or Ice Guys betcast tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time because. I definitely feel I'm going to have stronger opinions on the game while it's going on than I do right now. The only thing I really like right now is the third period over one and a half, minus 155. I know some people in the chat are saying minus 165 is what they can get, the best they can get. I still like that number. You could actually get higher than that. At second intermission, you could have over one and a half, still minus 200 or higher. And you could even have to bet over two and a half. You know, in the second intermission, don't don't put it past them that uh, you might actually have to go two and a half uh, with the uh, over going into the third period. So lock that in now. I always say I think recently I found it's been better to lock in these third period overs pregame at the books that offer the third period totals before the game starts rather than wait to the second intermission or early in well early in the third if there's no goals you could get away with it but what if there's that goal early in the third period and all of a sudden you've missed your window uh, to bet it. So that's why it does not hurt in my opinion to bet this uh, third period over before the game starts. And again, minus 155 to minus 165 on it is not that uh, big of a price uh, in my mind for a positive expectation bet such as that. Again, 11-5 and five, uh, this postseason with third period overs in elimination games. So uh, that's a good percentage on our side, good angle uh, in terms of win percentage uh, going into this game tonight. Uh, and by the way, if you're wondering, can Vegas get it done? First chance to eliminate Colorado. What have we seen in this round? Montreal, first chance to eliminate Winnipeg. Got it done. Tampa Bay, first chance to eliminate Carolina. Got it done. Bo- uh, Islanders, first chance to eliminate Boston. Last night, got it done. You know, these teams aren't waiting around. They've got a team. They got the team with, they got their foot on the throat of their opponent. They are putting them away in the very first chance they get to finish the series. So will Vegas follow suit like Montreal, like Tampa Bay, like the New York Islanders, and be able to finish off Vegas the first opportunity, they, or finish off Colorado uh, the first opportunity uh, that they get 
Uh, we'll see if they can do that tonight. But it also feels in the pit of my gut, Alex. Uh, I'll let you say something about this too. I mean, at game seven, doesn't it feel like we're due for one game seven in this second round? It feels like it would be weird that this uh, whole second round goes through without a single game seven, especially when we thought some of these series were going to be uh, ultra competitive uh, before they started. Yeah, I guess it would be kind of strange. I, like I said, I didn't think this particular series would go even six games, to be honest. I thought uh, Colorado would have kind of ran through and, you know, caught the momentum uh, in their favor in this series. But yeah, you know, the, I guess we both kind of thought, well, you did more so Bruins Islanders would go all seven games. But, you know, sometimes that happens. And, and it's interesting, you talk about teams, you know, having the first chance to close an opponent out. You know, I, that's something I've always kind of noticed in the NHL, too, especially more in the first round. When you see one or two teams start to clinch, the other teams, you know, seem to kind of have a buzz about it and say, hey, we need to get this wrapped up. We don't want to have our opponent getting too much extra time. And so that's, you know, something especially uh, big with this series. If it goes to seven, a seventh game, you know, you got Montreal waiting there off of their four-game sweep, you know, preparing for, for both of these teams. So uh, it gives them more time to sharpen their swords and get ready for that semifinal. So, uh, you know, Vegas is thinking about that. They want to get things done tonight. So they don't have to, you know, add any more miles on before getting ready for the next round. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what was that say? Uh, by the way, that's a great point there. You're right. And it's the AHL. You're right. I've noticed that too in the AHL because of the condensed schedule. It's very important to get rest with the way they just pack those games in at playoff time in the American Hockey League playoffs. So finishing off the series, first chance you get, definitely uh, important. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Murphy will be back tomorrow, a little under the weather today. We'll get, we'll definitely let him talk about the Bruins for the first time on this show post their season ending uh, tomorrow when he's back with us. Uh, no question about that. Before we wrap up and we get to best bets in just a second, I remember, and Alex has been on this show years ago, uh, and I've been on it as a guest before. That's the Las Vegas Sports Line. It was a show on ESPN Las Vegas. It was Dave Koken and Matt Humans way back in the day. And one of the segments was the, the clown of the weekend or the clown of the day, I guess you could say. If I had to make a candidate for the last 24 hours about that, who, who should be a clown of the day in the hockey world? It would have to be Mark Shifley after the comments in this press conference a little bit yesterday. Could you have had a worse press conference than he did yesterday or a press conference that could you have handled it any worse than you did with the questioning? First of all, talking to the media like they don't at all respect the Winnipeg Jets, saying you, nobody talked about us. It was all the Leafs. It was all the Oilers. It was all the Habs. Nobody gave us any credit. And look, we showed everybody uh, what we were all about and prove the media wrong. What did you prove wrong exactly, Mark? You, what did you prove wrong? You got your ass swept, all right? Swept in the second round. That's proven the media wrong? Yeah, the, okay, you had an okay regular season, which, by the way, you absolutely spit the bit down the stretch. You played your worst hockey late in the regular season. Yeah, you swept Edmonton, okay, but every game was nip and tuck. Could have easily went to Edmonton a lot of those games. And then you got your ass just completely destroyed in the second round by Montreal. That's showing them. Ah, we showed you. <laughs> you media guys, you didn't give us any respect. We showed you, didn't we? We showed you what we were all about. We just got swept in the second round. Take that. I mean, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Come on. I'm making it sound like the media is against the Winnipeg Jets, which is a bunch of nonsense, uh, if you ask me. And then the other thing he said was, which was pretty funny to hear it, I thought Philip Deneau was going to be trying defensively to take me out of this series. I didn't expect the, a Department of Player Safety from the, of the National Hockey League to be the ones to take me out of this series. No, they did not take you out of the series, Mark Shifley. Your decision to commit a stupid bonehead infraction 
and hit charging half, the three quarters of the way down the ice on Jake Evans, that was what took you out of the series. Don't blame player safety. You know, don't blame anybody else but your stupid idiotic actions on the ice for taking you out of that series. Player safety had no choice. You know, the moment that hit happened, you were getting something. You were getting some kind of suspension. Simple as that. And unfortunately, your team was so putrid, they couldn't even last long enough in that series to get it to game six when you would have been eligible to return, you know, to the lineup. So, you know, blame your team for playing like shit. Uh, blame your blame yourself for committing that hit, which was not necessary for being taken out of that series. Don't say idiotic things like the player safety department decided they're going to take me out of this series. No, your actions on the ice took you out of the series, guy. Wake up. Don't be so stupid with those kind of remarks. Ridiculous, man. Blaming player safety for taking them out of the series. It was your hit that took you out. Oh, my gosh. I, like, just terrible. And it's shocking to me because this guy's usually pretty reserved, pretty low-key, doesn't really say stuff that's, you know, that he shows anger or frustration. And that's what it was, Alex. At the end of the day, yeah, he, he handled it poorly, but he's very frustrated. Because I remember there was a playoff year either last year or two years ago with the Jets. I think it was last year where he got hurt and he couldn't finish the series against Calgary and they lost that series this year. He hits Jake Evans. He gets suspended. He can't finish the series and they lose again. So there's definitely significant frustration showing up in those comments yesterday uh, by Mark Shifley. There's no question about that. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's agitated. He's pissed off. And it definitely came up, but still you got to be better than that. You can't blame in the media that they don't credit the uh, jets enough saying that the player safety department took you out of that series. No, 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 the hit took you out of that series. And your decision to make that hit uh, took you out of that series. So terrible job yesterday uh, by Mark Shifley uh, in that press conference. Couldn't have handled it any worse uh, in my mind. No doubt about that. Uh, Alex, do you want to speak on that at all? I mean, to me, that was, that was, I was shocked by that. Mark Shifley was oh, yeah, Low-key doesn't say things that are usually you know, ruffle any feathers, but he looked like he's just a guy that was at his wits end yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it was just shocking to hear. And and like you said, they you know they proved they think they proved the media and and most of us right. But when we we're saying you know the, the North was a weaker division, the fact that they were able to sweep out an Oilers team and then get swept by the Habs, uh, you know, it didn't didn't prove their worth any higher. If anything, it kind of you know knocked down the whole the division as a whole, saying wow that. You know, top three teams in this division couldn't even you know, scrap it out and, and make it, you know, advance to the, the semifinal round. So, yeah, I don't really know where, uh, like I said, where his, his you know, questioning his head was uh, making that statement. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, everybody else was pretty good. Maurice, the coach, uh, a lot of the other players, they, they answered the questions pretty nice, pretty good, pretty good answers, respectable. Not so much Mark Shifley, which was uh, very, very surprising, but uh, obviously very, very frustrated player with the way the season series ended and the season ended for him uh, and his Winnipeg Jets. Uh, yeah, hit the like button uh, on the way out, as Alex said in the chat. We really appreciate that. Uh, we will get to best bets in just a second. A reminder, the bet cast is tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, Game 6, Colorado-Vegas. You can DM me, DM Alex, DM the Ice Guys Twitter if you want a spot on the bet cast live to join us tonight. Make sure you do that. We'll get to best bets in a second. First, though, we want to remind you, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, NHL and NBA playoffs, and MLB Daily. 
Uh, so make sure a lot of reasons to check out DraftKings. When you download the app, sign up for an account, you'll get deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, and bet boosts as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code uh, THPN. All right, it is time for best bets. Again, we just have the one game tonight. Most of our strongest plays are going to be probably in-game more than pre-game. Uh, but Alex, any pre-game uh, best bet recommendation you want to throw out there for tonight? Yeah, I got to make sure to check the price on it, but I like Matt Pacioretty to score any time in this game. I think uh, he said he's been one of the big catalysts offensively for this Vegas team to get back into this series, and, and now uh, you have a chance to finish it off. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that uh, will be putting a goal in the net for sure tonight. So Matt Pacioretty to score, that's my best bet tonight. All right, Max Pacioretty, anytime goal scorer tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche for best bet uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith uh, in this game. I know at the book that I primarily bet for uh, goal scorer props, uh, you can find uh, Max Pacioretty right now in and around that plus 140, plus 150 range. So still a pretty decent price, and you would think he's going to have an impact here uh, in a game of this magnitude. Uh, don't worry about Alex and if he's looking tired. He had a, you know, celebrating his birthday last night. Give him a break, guys. Come on. I mean, he had a good night celebrating his birthday. He'll be ready to go tonight. Trust me, at 9 o'clock. You don't have to worry yeah, about Alex. It'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> Everybody just calm down. Alex is fine. He'll be good. He's good to go tonight for the uh, bet cast. So am I. So is it. And hope we hope you guys are ready to go for it as well. Uh, my best bet's going to be, you know what it is, third period over. One and a half minus 155. Uh, I like it. Uh, 11 and 5 to the over in third periods in playoff elimination games this season. And I think we see that streak continue tonight. Uh, Colorado Vegas over one and a half minus 155 third period. That will be my best bet for tonight. And that'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us in the chat. A reminder bet cast nine o'clock PM Eastern time tonight for Colorado Vegas game six. Join us for that. And a reminder, the ice guys show is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 PM Eastern. Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Make sure you download the podcast as well. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday afternoon. Enjoy Game 6 tonight and join us right back here on the BetCast tonight, 9 o'clock p.m. for Game 6, Colorado, Vegas. Join us on the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.